Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. This weekend, I have something uh, special for you, and I believe the Lord's directed me to, to go this way. So I want to pray, and we're going to get started. Father, open eyes today, illuminate hearts. We look to you for the answers. We look to you for wisdom and strength, and we give you all the honor for what you accomplish in every single life, God, that has, that's listening to your word right now. And we, we just give you glory and praise for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Colossians 4 and verse 2. And Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it in prayer with thanksgiving. Here is the immediate inference in this verse. God asks us to continue in prayer because he recognizes that when we get serious about prayer, we're going to deal with tremendous temptation to quit. One of the biggest surprises I think we're going to have when we get to glory is when God lets us look back over our lives and he shows us how close we were to getting everything he wanted right before we quit. Continue earnestly or passionately in prayer. Why? Because prayer is not a passive practice. It requires you to push, persist until something happens. One of the most frustrating things, though, at least in my life, about prayer is that God is in charge, but he's seldom in a hurry. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant. Now, the term translated vigilant here literally means to stay awake. And they use this term because it comes from the practice of uh, uh, what soldiers did in the night. Um, you know, one of the greatest, one of the uh, best times to attack an army at times was in the night. So uh, you would have watchmen or soldiers on sentry that had to stay awake to protect the camp. So this idea of vigilance, it contains the idea of staying awake because it describes the night lookout. So uh, these, these soldiers, they would stay awake and they would watch for danger, any rustle in the leaves, anything. They, 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 they were paying attention. Now, I want you to remember Gethsemane. We're not going to dig into this verse, but the Bible says that, that Jesus uh, actually said that, that his soul was sorrowful to the point of death. So sorrow seemed to impact all the disciples at this particular moment. Uh, Jesus had just told them again that he was going to the cross, and everyone was, was sad, and uh, uh, it was just, just, just a, a, a terrible crisis moment. But in that moment, the disciples chose to sleep, and only Jesus stayed awake and prayed. Closing your eyes to a situation will not make it go away. And Jesus, at his darkest hour, he stayed awake and he prayed through. And there will be temptations to uh, pretend it's not so, uh, to, to uh, you know, avoid it. And, and, and you know what, I'll, I'll just close my eyes to it. But again, uh, closing your eyes to a situation will not make it go away. Sometimes you have to pray through until you get peace with God about that particular situation. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant, but do it with the right attitude, with thanksgiving. A grateful heart attracts God's answers. A grateful heart is a magnet 
for miracles. So if you're going to keep your mind in, in hard times, you, you got to maintain an attitude of expectancy. Today, as, as we stand at uh, this, this high watermark in Grace Church history, we're only here because we continued when it got rough. We are here because we were vigilant when it got tough. We're here because we remained thankful even when it didn't seem like we had enough. And I want to salute you, my fellow soldiers, for hanging in there, and, and you were with me, and uh, God went before us, and God has proved himself strong despite the many, many tremendous battles. And one day I'm going to take some time to walk you through some of the things we have experienced over the last three years. Let's go to Hebrews 10 and verse 36. One more verse before we get to our place of focus today. For you have need, meaning this is not optional, it is mandatory. You have need of, you need this, endurance. So endurance is not just having faith, it's having faith that doesn't quit. You know, when we were in this struggle, you know, it's been about three years since, uh, you know, the fight to beginning uh, the, the construction of our campus started. Now, we, we were developing the project a little bit before that, but before the real battle to start mobilizing things really uh, rose, if you will, the only verse God gave me was this verse, for you have need of endurance. I would have picked 100, 200, 300 other verses other than this verse, but here's the deal. God wanted to develop stamina and steel into the hearts of each of us. And you will never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. And that was the situation for us. And uh, I was like, God, why is this happening at times? How, how did I let this happen? I blame myself. But again, sometimes you never know how strong you are until str being strong is your only option. For you have need of endurance, what's the reason for this endurance or what the endurance brings? So that after you have done, not just thought about it, prayed about it, not just, you know, imagined it, but after you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. The only thing that could have kept us from the promise was us. It wasn't the devil. It was us choosing to endure despite what the devil did. Endurance was our price of admission for the next level. But, but, we, but we did it together. And by God's grace, it's something that moth, rust, and, and no, no one can steal. Thieves could never take what you have accomplished in these last couple years from you. Now let's get to Luke chapter 8 and verse 1, which is our place of focus. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them, and Jesus seldom explains parables before he gives the parable, but this one was so important, Luke was like, I, I want to make sure no one misses it. He spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not, what, lose heart. Do you see the, 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 the uh, parallel with the book of Colossians chapter 4 and, and verse 2? Jesus knew that the biggest battle we would face as believers after we brought something to God in prayer was losing heart. He knew that the spirit of quit 
would fight us every inch of the way. I like what Martin Luther said. He said, to stay spiritually alive without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. So to quit praying is like quitting living. But what was amazing about this process is this church didn't give up. You did not give up. We kept seeking the Lord. We kept pushing forward. We kept giving. We, we, we kept sacrificing. We kept the vision in front of us, and we see now how God has answered us. Verse 2, there was a certain city and a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, this guy was like a lot of judges in the ancient world. And, uh, you know, I've traveled a lot of places around the globe, and I say a lot of places uh, in the earth today. This guy was absolutely corrupt. He, he was out and living off of the bribe. Justice often went to the highest bidder. Now, there was a widow in that city. So there was a really, really bad guy, a really, really bad judge. But there was also this really, really persistent widow. And God has not let the devil fight us so hard because we're weak but because he knows he puts something in us that's really strong. So God is not intimidated by our opposition because he knows what he's placed on the inside of us. So even a couple years ago, before we faced all the challenges we faced, he knew what he put in this church. And because he knew what was in this church, he was like, well, you know what? Yeah, it might cause them to push a little bit, might cause them to dig in a little bit, but I know my people got it, and I will be with them every step of the way. And she came to him, or she came to the judge, because faith without works is dead. One thing I like about this lady is she, she put her faith into action. Her face showed up in her, uh, her feet, showed up in, in her mouth. You know, we could try to convince ourselves we have faith, but, but if it doesn't show up in our actions, it's not faith. And she came to him saying, and you got to get the right things in your mouth. Get justice for me from my adversary. This woman had two problems. The first was an adversary, but the second was an evil judge. Ever feel cornered and, and, and like, you know what, uh, uh, there's trouble on, on, on every side, you know, you, you got this problem, then you got that problem, but I'm here to testify today. If he led you to it, he will get you through it. And that has been our story. And he would not give her what she wanted, watch this, for a while. This is why prayer gets so hard, because you know, sometimes we don't see the answer immediately. It took 40 days and 40 nights for God to stop the rain for Noah. It took 400 years before God liberated the, the, the Hebrews from Egyptian captivity. It took 25 years for Abraham and Sarah to have a baby. It took 70 years to deliver Israel from Babylonian captivity, and it took Grace three years to get our permit. Sometimes it takes time, but if we are faithful, we will see the results in the end. And the unjust judge would not do what was right for a while. So the devil might have a play for a while, but this lady didn't give up, just like you didn't give up. Trusting God may seem like a slow process, but quitting never speeds it up. But afterward, after she didn't quit, after she endured, after I'm, I'm saying something today, after she hung in there, he said within himself, though I do not fear God or regard man, 
The judge actually thought, by the way, this was his own idea. But God, but God, but God. God can use the most unlikely, the most ungodly, the most corrupt to accomplish his purposes. Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Basically, he was saying, because this lady's getting on my nerves. I'm so tired of that church showing up down there at, at the county. I'm so tired of, of, of this church pushing back on these issues. He finally gave in, and he helped her. If you never bother anyone, you're probably not doing anything for God. Lest by her continually coming or continual coming, she weary me. Now, the Greek here, and I, I've shared this in the past, literally means to blacken the eye. So, lest by her coming, she actually gives me a black eye. It was not because this lady was rude, but it was because she was relentless. Like us, this woman had only one weapon, perseverance. But she put a good foot down, flipped it, and reversed it. And as powerful as this judge was, he ended up afraid of her, all because she wouldn't quit. You just cannot beat a person who won't give up. And my prayer today is just like our building permit and, and this, this building project is an object lesson, but it's just a lesson. The building's not the most important thing. It's really about what he does in our lives. And if you will not quit as it relates to that thing that God has promised you, you knew you heard from God about that child. You know you heard from God about that thing. If you persist, if you do not quit, if you endure, you will receive that which was promised. Then the Lord said, watch what happens. And by the way, it only happens when we hang on to what's right. Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God, now, okay, here we have this comparison. He's comparing God to the unjust judge. He said, now hear what he said, and if that's true with him, now I want you to think about what God would do. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? This judge was corrupt, but wouldn't a holy God be at least faithful? to those he loved. This judge had no personal interest in the widow. But wouldn't a God who, who wouldn't spare his only begotten son at least give us what we need? The judge answered the widow only out of personal self-interest, selfishness. It was all about him preserving himself. I don't know. She's getting on my nerves. I'm getting tired of her. Will not our God at least show up for those who, who he cares about only, you know, uh, because of our good? God, God doesn't care about us for his sake. He cares about us for our sake. And shall not God avenge his own? I belong to him. You belong to him. We all belong to him. Our issues are his issues. And if we just trust him, if we just persist, if we just hang on, and hold on to our faith. We will win in the end. I'm not saying we'll win in the middle. I'm not saying we'll win three quarters through the way. I say in the end, we will win. But you got to make it to the end. Like I said at the beginning, when we get to heaven, God's going to let us look back over our lives, and we're going to see, you know, just how close we came to receiving all God wanted for us right before we gave up and quit. And because we quit, we missed it, and we never entered into what God had for us. And shall not God... I mean, if this unjust judge out of selfish motivations, this corrupt judge would do right, how much more would a holy God do right for those who cry out to him night and day, though he bears long with him? Now, 
the only reason God puts up with so much junk and so much stuff is not because he wants to give the evil more time to party as much as he's giving us time to repent. God has tremendous, tremendous, tremendous patience, and he wants us to learn its power. You know, in warfare, patience is actually, you know, waiting for the right time is one of the most important things you can do. And if, if, if you ever study war, now I'm not a general or anything, I don't pretend to be so, but, but I have read The Art of War, and uh, uh, patience is one of the key virtues. You got to wait to the right moment, not just when you're mad, not, not just uh, uh, when, when someone has, or a nation or a tribe has done something that offends you. Timing is essential in the art of war. Tolstoy says this. He says, the two most powerful warriors are patience and time. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them. If this, this unjust judge would, would, would respond out of selfish motivation, how much more a God that would sacrifice his son, how much more will he respond? I tell you, meaning uh, amen, amen, verily, verily, I, I tell you that he will avenge them, what? Speedily. Our judge is a wonderful judge. He may not show up according to your schedule, but God is always on time. The shortest distance between your problem and your answer is the distance between your knees and the floor. And, and we've got to call him. We've got to trust him. We've got to hang on there and just, just keep, you know, Lord, I, I'm, I'm trusting you. You're going to give me what, what, what you said is mine, Lord. It, it belongs to me, and I am not moving. Devon Huss tells this story, and I, I wanna, I'm going to read part of the story, and, and, and a lot of it I, I've memorized. But Devon Huss tells this story of a boy in South Florida who uh, all day long he was thinking about uh, swimming. He's hot in school, a little impatient with the things that he's uh, studying. And uh, as soon as he got home, he was so anxious to get into the water, he didn't even go into the house. Uh, he, he ran toward the pond, and, and on his way he took off his, his shirt, his shoes, and, and his pants, and, and all that. He left it on the shore. And, you know, his mother heard all that was happening, heard the splash and the rest, and uh, immediately she went out to take a look at what her son was, was doing. And as she watched, she saw as her son was swimming toward the middle of the lake, an alligator was moving from the shore on the other side in the boy's direction. She immediately started screaming, warning him, you know, come, son, you know, get, get out of the water. And, and after a couple minutes, the boy finally realized what was going on, and he stopped at, during mid-swim, and he began to race back toward the dock. Just as the mother, she was at the dock, just as the mother reached him, the alligator grabbed the boy. It was a tug of war from any mother's nightmare. From the dock, she pulled his arm, but the alligator held on to the boy's legs. Soon, the, the water was stained with blood, and, and it, was, it was just an awful thing. She's screaming. The, the alligator is, is growling. But a farmer who was driving by heard the screams, and, and he ran to help. And when he got there, he immediately shot the alligator, and uh, the boy survived. And after several weeks, it was, it was this real painful thing 
several weeks of hospitalization, you know, he began to recover, and uh, he was finally ready to talk to a uh, newspaper reporter. And a reporter asked the child, you know, about the story, but, you know, as he, after he told the story, she wanted to take a look at uh, the, the alligator bites and asked the boy if he would show her where he was bitten. So with typical boyish pride, he showed off his healing wounds. They were still healing. They were not all, all the way healed. Uh, he showed off these wounds. This is a super interested reporter. But then he said, but wait. So he pulled up his shirt, showed it. But wait, said the boy. Look at these. And with that, he showed the reporter the scars on his arms. And he said, I have great scars on my arms, too. I have them because my mother wouldn't let go. All the scars in my life, your life, are from the moments that the devil grabbed us, but God wouldn't let us go. I'm so glad that I have those scars because they're reminders that God did not let me go. Jesus ended the parable this way. He said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he find people that hang on until the answer comes? Will he find people that will hang on even though there's an alligator or a lion on the other side of their challenge. And right now, what I want to tell you is Jesus is reaching in and he's saying, I want to help. I'm here to help. If you'll grab my hand, I will never let you go. The last thing I want to say to you today, if there's any here that want to grab the hand of Jesus, you want to experience the pardoning of your sin. You want to experience the grace, the mercy, the goodness of God. You recognize that you've been in a trap. You are in the claws of death, sin, and a coming hell. And you want God to extract you. Well, he's here to do this right now in this moment. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.